The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women Make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. So I am so pumped for today's chat because I am here with a friend of mine, and her name is Michelle Newman. So let me just jump in and introduce you to her so we can start talking about making it through midlife. Michelle is an international life coach, creator of the New Mid Academy, and host of the New Mid Podcast, which is ranked number seven in the top 10 valuable podcasts for midlife women. That is awesome. Michelle has taken her years of experience as a television network executive at CBS Daytime to help midlife women get results in their mindset, health, wealth, relationships, and clarity on what they want to do in their second half. She is revolutionizing what it means to be in midlife, and she is making midlife women realize that now is their time to eat the whole cookie and not the broken, crumbled bits. Midlife is the time to focus on ourselves since we are still climbing and becoming the woman we've always meant to be. Hey, girl. Hello. Thank you, April, so much. I love that introduction. So I'm psyched to chat with you because I was on your podcast, I think, last year. It feels like eons ago, but now you are in the hot seat to talk all about being in midlife. And midlife is like what? Like what is considered midlife? Midlife is really 45 to about 65. It's been redefined because we are living longer, we are healthier, and we're staying and being more active than our predecessors, than our predecessors, than a lot of the people who came before us, the generations before us. It's definitely not our mom's midlife anymore. I mean, just take a look at JLo or Jennifer Aniston. Even look at, you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis at 70. I mean, people were still, or not to get political, but even look at Nancy Pelosi. I mean, we are still kicking butt and that's what's so exciting. And redefining it and revolutionizing it is, it's not a midlife crisis anymore. It's a midlife opportunity. Oh, I love that. So you said that when you turned 49, you felt like you were becoming invisible. What did that mean? Well, my background is I was in the television world for over 20 years. I loved being part of the entertainment world, but we focused it primarily on the 18 to 49 demographic especially in CBS daytime where I was the vice president of marketing and programming. So we were all about focusing on that because that's what the media would buy. That's what our advertisers would buy. So when I turned 49, it hit me hard. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to become irrelevant. I'm about to become invincible, invisible. And I just got depressed. I didn't want to celebrate my 50th birthday. Thank God my best friend and my mom didn't listen to me. <laughs> I was about 50 and a half and I had my children older, my first daughter at 40, my second at 42. And Chantel was playing her flute and she was 10 years old at the time. And I had a hot flash. <laughs> and one of the moms that was sitting next to me looked at me and goes, 
wow, you're getting really emotional for this concert. And I kind of chuckled to myself thinking, oh, you're about to find out you'll be getting emotional too. But it dawned on me, she did not see me as a middle-aged woman. She just saw me as a mom there, you know, watching her daughter play the flute. A hot flash didn't even come into her mind. And I was like, why am I getting so hung up on this? You know, what is my issue with this? So I did some soul searching and I thought, you know what? I really want midlife women to feel not invisible, but invincible. So I have a background, as I mentioned, in entertainment. And I thought, okay, I want to start a podcast. And I knew the local gentleman who owns the local radio stations. So I called up Fred and I'm like, Fred, I want to meet you. You need to have a podcast. And he's like, okay, Michelle, come in. So I put a deck together that I would for any pitching any television show. He got about four pages into it and he's like, sold. And I was like, this is so great because I want to empower midlife women. And then my coaching academy came out of that as well, helping women, you know, just find their power and their strength. What do you see as the common struggles that midlife women have? Well, you know, as you were saying in the introduction, I like to talk about you know, you can eat the whole cookie because especially moms out there, they get that reference because when you're handing out the cookies, right? You always give everyone else the nice one, the whole one, the ones that are not crumbly and broken. We always take that, right? And now is the time to realize, no, you can actually eat the nice cookie. And let me tell you, your kids will eat the broken, crumbled ones just as much as they would the nice ones. But it's just letting people be aware. We take care of everyone else. We're constantly, and now we're the sandwich generation. You know, my parents are in their 80s. My kids are younger. So literally, I'll sit at the computer. I'll never forget this day. I was sitting at the computer, and I was finding a daycare for my dad, a senior citizen's daycare to take care of him on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give my mom a break. As soon as I signed him up for that, I literally opened up the next tab and was signing up my daughter for ballet lessons. You know, that's just kind of the new midlife, what we're in. And so it's time for us to take care of ourselves because it's amazing when you start to really empower yourself and take care of yourself first, the ripple effect. You'll have better relationships. You'll, you'll have better time at work. I mean, it just really compounds itself. But why do we, you know, Renee, really, why do we always you know, feel like, oh my gosh, if I'm investing in myself, I'm taking away from my kids. Why do you think that is, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy because it's so, it's almost like you think it's selfish. If you're taking the the time for yourself, for your health, for your, whatever it is, whether it's self-care, whether it's seeing friends. And I have girlfriends that will not plan a girl's weekend because that means they'll miss one of their kids' soccer game. And that's great that they're dedicated, but if you go to 99.9% of those games and you miss one so that you can fill your soul with seeing friends and laughing, there's nothing selfish about that. And that kind of breaks my heart when I hear them say that because it's like, geez, like if you can't give yourself that little gift, what are you showing your kids? 
Exactly. You hit the nail on the head right there because that is the example that we are setting for our children. And we need to break that cycle. We need to let our kids know, like, it's okay to do something for yourself so that they see that and they don't perpetuate the, I have to put everybody else before myself. I mean, there is a balance. Don't get me wrong. There's absolutely a balance that has to happen. But when you, I mean, think about it. When you are so tired, so worn out, you know, how can you help anybody else? And so I think one of the things to just jump in right away with this is setting yourself up the day for success. It is so important. Just give yourself five minutes or 10 minutes. I know there's these people who are like, oh, it's the 5 a.m. club. Well, look, I'm a mom and like I can try to do that, but there's just so much going on. But listen, I'm telling you, all you need, give yourself five minutes. Give yourself five minutes to get into the right right frame of mind. So drink your warm lemon water, you know, write down what your daily intention is. Look at your schedule. Give yourself a moment to breathe and think about, okay, what is my day going to be today? So that you're not constantly just running from the next to the next and the next. And then write down, what are you grateful for? I mean, just doing those tiny little things in the mo- in every single morning will just change your whole perspective of the day. Starting off with that positive mindset is key. And it's amazing, you know, and I also like to tell people to check in with yourself throughout the day. So setting that at daily intention and then checking in at noon and five o'clock and really making sure that it's like, okay, yes, I was definitely focused today. Yes, I was calm today. Yes, I was, you know, I was grateful today. Just setting those little intentions. And if you don't mind, if I could go a little bit further on that, when you're setting that intention, begin with the end end in mind. Think about how do you want to feel at the end of your day? So I always tell my clients when they're brushing their teeth, look in the mirror and say these three things to yourself. What went right today? What went wrong today? And what can I do differently tomorrow? So when you're doing that, you can look back on your day and said, wow, I really lived my intention of balance today. Or I really lived my intention of patience today. I really lived my intention of productivity. And making sure that those intentions are always using positive language. And I, just that simple step, Renee, I'm telling you, will make your life so much easier and better on a daily basis. It, that's a practice too, because I, I do something very similar and sometimes I'm really, really good at it. And my day does not start until I give myself that. I like gave myself 10 or 15 minutes. And then other days, like yesterday, I didn't do it at all. And I was a frazzled mess the entire day. And it makes a difference. Like this stuff works. And I had to remind myself, remember, remember the you from yesterday? Like we don't want that to be you today. So at least give yourself that time. Right. And it's not a lot of time. So it's not going to take a huge amount of time to do this. Those tiny little steps of being a little more present and being a little more aware is really powerful. Okay, Michelle, what role does perfectionism have in how we show up to our life and our choices and our day and our goals and all of that? Okay. So perfectionism is, it's really difficult to be perfectly honest. And you know what? Doing something instead of being perfect is definitely the way to go. Like, don't worry about 
having everything just so. And like, I have to tell you, there are those moms out there who, you know, they do the perfect gifts. They do the perfect Halloween costumes. Like I have a friend who makes her kids Halloween costumes, which is like a little crazy. So, you know, and, and I think about when I was doing my Ironman, I did an Ironman New Zealand and one month before my Ironman, I got into a bike accident. I was doing a hundred mile bike ride and someone took out my back tire. So I ended up having a torn PCL, right? And talk about, I trained for months, for months to do this. And one month before my race. I had a torn ligament. So I went to the PT and he sort of put me back as best he could. And I had the choice, like, am I going to, you know, not do this? Am I going to hamper myself because I want to have the best time I can have? Or am I just going to go out there and give it my best? And I can tell you, it was not easy. I mean, it was, it was really hard. I got onto the bike and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to make it. So the Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim and then a 112 mile bike. And then you have to run a marathon. And when I got off my bike, the winners were finishing the race and I still had to run an entire marathon (laughs) and my knee was giving out. And I, you know, I was just, my spirits were down and there was, you know, thank God for this little girl who came on her bike and was cheering me. And I was thinking to myself, gosh, you know, I need to finish this for myself. So it was ugly. You know, it took me over 15 hours and I was hoping to do it in 13 hours, but you know what? It had happened and that's letting go of the perfectionism and just kind of getting it done. believe that on the other side of your divorce can be a life you freaking love? What if I told you that to live a happy life, you first have to believe you deserve it? How can you possibly create a life you love if you don't believe you are worthy of it? Let's get you set up to start believing in you. Just text the word BELIEVE to 411-321 to receive a free Believe Yourself Badass Guide. In this guide, we talk about power statements and how they can change your life. So stop what you're doing and text BELIEVE to 411-321. See you on the inside. How did you change? Because I imagine in that moment, you're thinking, screw this. I'm done. I'm going to the hotel. I'm pouring myself a glass of wine. Like, how did you get your head right in order to finish that? You know, I love that you asked me about the mindset because mindset is so key to everything that we do every day. And you have the choice of, are you going to keep going or are you going to quit? And there's so many different times when that can come up in your life. And, and it still comes up to, in my life today. And it just, it, you dig deep. Like, what is your identity? What, how do you feel powerful? You know, how do you feel that you want to set, what goals are you setting for yourself? And so I set this goal of finishing this Iron Man, no matter what. And can I tell you in New Zealand, oh my gosh, it is like you get all four seasons in one day. I didn't even mention that because it was freezing cold and raining <laughs> after it was super hot and sunny. But you know what? Having the the belief in yourself, knowing that you can do it 
when it gets hard, that's sort of when your character comes out. Don't you think, Renee? I mean, it really kind of sets the tone of who you are, right? Yeah. I mean, I love that so much. Like that's the mic drop moment right there is because you don't grow from doing the easy stuff. You know, because everyone does the easy stuff. You grow from the hard stuff, the stuff that you think you are never going to survive, whether it's losing your job or a divorce or being stuck in the rain in uh, an Ironman in New Zealand, like whatever that is. But that's the stuff where you like you earn that grit and you're like, all right, I did this. So now there is absolutely nothing I can't conquer. Right. Right. And that's, that's the power. That is the power. And you know what? It's funny because sometimes in midlife we get beaten down, you know, we get disappointments. We're no longer that like excited 20 something year old, like I'm going to take on the world. You know, you've either not gotten the promotions or you, you know, gotten kicked down, but you've survived. And that's the thing that you really need to like sort of reach back in and realize you're made of good stuff. Like you really are. And a lot of times people have lost themselves and this is a chance for you to find yourself again. And you know what, you know, you talk about divorce. I mean, talk about a kick in the stomach, right? But you're still you, you're still the awesome person that before you got married. So I'm 44 and I think my 40s have been the best decade of my life. Like I would not want to go back. And so, you know, when people say like, oh, I didn't achieve the things that I wanted to do in my 20s or 30s. I'm like, wait a second. Like you still have so much in you. Do you think that once you turn 40 or certain age, like you st- you kind of just throw away the I don't care what people think and you start to really lean into your authenticity? Because that's how I feel like I'm showing up now. That's what's so powerful about midlife. And that's what's so powerful about being the new mid is that not caring, not, well, I shouldn't say not caring, but silencing that negativity. You know, we have this dialogue, this conversation that goes in our head. And it's so funny because um, I like to coach to try and help with that negative dialogue. I say, you know, whoever that's taking up that real estate in your head, pretend it's a character. So my character is a guy named Nigel. He's an uptight interior designer from (laughs) England. And he just starts like this perfectionist that nothing is not is good enough. And when I start to hear that voice, I will literally be like, okay, that's enough, Nigel, get out. You're being evicted. And I can like, (laughs) I can like physically see myself getting rid of Nigel. And that really helps silencing that negativity because, oh man, that record can go round and round and round unless you take control of it and get rid of that Nigel or, you know, yell, stop or cancel, cancel, whatever it is that you need to do to stop that negative voice in that head. I love that you named him. <laughs> That's Isn't that great? <laughs> like, seriously, can you picture Nigel? Like the white glove and like the bow tie and his accent. And I'll be like, get out, Nigel. What I think is awesome about that is you're removing yourself from that. It's like, it's easy to like shoo away that other person with that like stuffy name, but they're not you. Like, that's awesome. Like such an awesome trick. Michelle, what other tricks and tools and tips do you have for someone who is in their midlife and they're like, listen, 
you know, I've spent my whole life caring for the kids or being a wife and being a mom and kind of like, and this is just the way it is. I can't do anything new. I love that you asked me that question. That's such a great question because you know what? It's starting small. It's just starting. First of all, it's acknowledging it. So if you are listening to this podcast, I am so glad that you are because today is the day to start and just take baby steps, tiny steps. They talk about that. So starting a morning ritual, giving yourself that time for you is powerful. And then if you, you know, the best day you have actually starts the night before getting yourself a good night's sleep. And maybe you have Mm. a lot of worries. So writing them down before you go to sleep is wonderful and putting down what you're grateful for. But what I really like to talk about is I coined this pillow talk. Pillow talk is really, it's simple, but powerful. So before you go to sleep, the last thing you listen to, the last thing you watch, the last thing you read, the last thing you say, anything should be positive. So having a really positive mantra next to your bed that you can read before you go to sleep, really making sure. So turn off that law and order criminal intent. You don't need to see, you know, (laughs) you know, those crime TV shows, you know, turn all of that off and make sure that, you know, whatever you're putting into your mind, into your subconscious is positive. Because that is what you're going to be thinking about. And that is what you're going to wake up the next morning feeling. Because there's so many things that are planted into our subconscious. Because, you know, we, we run about 95% of what we do is on autopilot, which is good. Because I don't want to have yeah. to think about breathing or swallowing or walking or any of that blinking. But a lot of what was planted into our subconscious, we didn't put there. And it might have been a lot of times it's negative. So we have to work on pulling out those weeds from our subconscious. So what we consciously listen to, the people we consciously surround ourselves with, the music we listen to, the news we listen to, what we read, all of that is filling, what we're consciously doing is filling our subconscious. So pull out those negative weeds that you need to out of your subconscious. Make sure whatever you're filling now consciously into your consciousness is positive because that is powerful and you'll see changes. So giving yourself that evening and morning ritual and then really paying attention to your surroundings, just doing those simple things right there. Yeah, I love that. And It's interesting because our default is the negative. Like, how is it that that has happened that we default to everything negative and you go to bed and you think about something, you know, you you say, well, why did I say that? And you're, you kind of beat yourself up for something or I ate the full cookie or I, you know, like we're constantly critiquing ourselves rather than the pot, like positive takes work and what your suggestion suggesting takes work and effort and intention, which is really sad because that should be the easy stuff you know, but it doesn't for whatever reason. Oh yeah. No, but we're naturally, we naturally go to the negative because that's that cyber tooth tiger. So that's how we're built. It helps us from, you know, danger. We no longer have to worry about being eaten by a tiger, but we have to eat. So that's just naturally how we're born, how we're built. So 
now that we know that, give yourself a break and realize it's okay because that's how we we are designed, but we can rewire ourselves. We can take the time and the energy, but it takes repetition. There's only two ways we can change. The first way is by a really drastic event. And usually those drastic events aren't good, but that will force you to change. And then the second way that change is permanent is by repetition, doing something over and over and over again. And then you will learn it and it will become a habit. But you have to consciously decide that's what you want to do. And a lot of that comes back to what we were talking about earlier is how do you identify? How are you identifying yourself as? You know, I think about probably a lot of the women who are listening and even men, you know, they were, they identified themselves as this married couple with this partner. Yeah. And now they don't have that identity anymore. Well, guess what? It's kind of exciting because now you get to choose. Now you get to decide your new identity and then you can pick the habits and start doing the habits that reinforce that identity. So you can do this. Mm. Like this is definitely something, you know, it it might take a little, it takes practice. It takes repetition. It might take a lot of soul searching and thought, but it's an opportunity. And that's what I like to tell people so much. It's not a crisis, it's an opportunity. Michelle, talk a little bit about the new Mid Academy because you are helping so many women who feel stuck in their midlife. Can you share why you started this program and what it is? It's powerful. I have to say, it just naturally evolved because like I said, when I started the podcast, it was all about helping midlife women realize, hey, we are strong, vibrant, healthy, powerful women. So let's like, like let's go, let's do this. And mm-hmm. that naturally people started coming to me and wanting to be coached. And so I could help more people. I started this academy and it is so powerful because the women in there are getting these results that they haven't had in years. I have this one client who I just adore. It was so hard for her to make the leap to join the Academy. She was one week before her 60th birthday. She was 59 and she went for a promotion in her company. There were three candidates and there were two openings and she didn't get it. And she was heartbroken. So she came to me and she was like, okay, you know, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm going to be 60 next week, but I need to change. She was obese. She did not have a good relationship with her daughter-in-law, barely spoke to her. Her son would have to sort of sneak her granddaughter to visit. Like she mentioned her job. It was just awful. She hated what she was doing. She cried all the time. Can I tell you, Mm. she is no longer obese. She was an extra large. She's now a medium. She went down a full shoe size. She was an eight and a half. Now she's a seven and a half. She is now doing the Epicure with her daughter-in-law. She regularly babysits her her granddaughter and her daughter-in-law brings her to the house. They have family meals. And she told me when she started, and we started with her back in February, she said, I just pray one day, I can't imagine it, but to have my entire family over for Christmas. Well, guess who's all coming to Christmas this year? So it's pretty amazing. (laughs) That just made me like, you just gave me chills and I'm like getting a little emotional. That's incredible. 
I had another client who wasn't happy with her job and I was focusing and it was interesting because she was spending so much time doing other things. And I'm like, okay, we need to simplify things. And then she ended up getting let go from that job, but we jumped Mm -hmm. in. We were like, okay, what is it that you really want to do? We did massive action. She is in a job now that if I could write a job description to fit her, this would be the job. And on top of that, she's making 40. Th- oh, and I also asked her, I said, write a number down that you need to make. Like, let's focus on this. And guess what? She is now, make, she, they hired her and she got $40,000 more than that number she wrote down. <laughs> that just shows you that it is never too late. You don't hit a certain age and then that's it. Like you can have a new career, you can have new relationships, you can have a new relationship with your body. Like that's amazing. How do people connect with you and get into this incredible program? Well, that is so great. Thank you so much. Well, they can reach out to me. They can email me, michelle at thenewmid.com. I also have my website, thenewmid.com. You can schedule a free call there. I would invite anyone and everyone to join my free Facebook group. It's a private group. It's also The New Mid. And follow me on Instagram at The New Mid. I would love to talk with you or just, you know, I do a inspirational talk. I actually do two talks every morning, Monday through Friday. I read from two calendars to help you get some motivation. And then I'll give you another tip. One of the big things to really help your mindset is to always move every single day, do some type of exercise. And so I'm always out walking and talking and giving a little bit of of advice. So I would love for you to come and join me. Michelle, final tip for someone who finds themselves in a place where maybe like your your clients were and they said, you know what, I'm not worth it. I'm not worth the time. Like, what do you say to someone who feels so stuck in, in their life and in themselves? Well, I have to tell you, we don't have a lot of time. And I know that sounds a little bit morbid, but we aren't guaranteed anything more than the day that we have today. But also being in midlife, I'll be frank, we have less sand in our hourglass. We just do. And we have been getting away maybe with certain behaviors, but our bucket now in midlife is overflowing. And this is when you're going to see things like cancer pop up, heart attacks, diabetes, you know, a lot of different that happens too with stress and constantly denying taking care of ourselves. So how do you want to look back in 10 years from now? How do you want to look back on what you've done in the last 10 years? Because that goes by fast, five years, 10 years, 15 years. How do you want to look back when you're 70, 75? And do you want to be like, okay, now I'm going to take care of myself. Now I'm going to put myself first. I mean, instead of really getting honest and doing the things that you need to do. And the other thing that I didn't talk about in the academy that has been, I shouldn't say as pleasant surprise, I shouldn't be surprised, but the women in the academy are so amazing and they're all working towards their own individual goals, but yet they're there for each other. And I can't tell you how many times they're like, gosh, I'm bonding so much with all the women, I feel like I've known them all my life. 
And in mud life, it can get lonely. And so to have a community, to have a group of people that really want to lift each other up and are there on a daily basis for one another is just amazing. It's just incredible. Community and connection are everything. I love that so much. So I so appreciate you. I am so grateful that I can call you a friend because I can and that you spent the time with with us today. So thank you so much, Michelle. Oh, Renee, I treasure you and I honor you. And thank you for having me on this amazing podcast and all that you do, honey. You've been amazing and a powerhouse. So thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after. 